you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 434, a.k.a. Year 9, Week 10, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, and we would normally be doing a live Saturday broadcast, uh, but a scheduling snafu prevented us from getting together at our usual time on the old clubhouse. Uh, But if you're listening to this, you can still join us there. Uh, Normally, weekly, on Saturdays around 3 p.m. Eastern Time, I will start the live broadcast. Uh, But today, it's just me for another edition of Richie Rich Reads the News. A little ironic, uh, because we were were thinking that last week was going to be this episode of Richie Rich Reads the News, um, because the other co-hosts were out of town. Uh, They they were supposedly back in town this week, uh, but the... Other other plans precluded them from joining me today at the the normal time. So this is the normal time of the broadcast, uh, but doing it solo means I can take my time and pause and do other things in between st- reading news articles. So rather than do a live broadcast, that's probably going to be boring for most people. Uh, I'll just take my time, get it all recorded, and then put this out in podcast form for you guys. Uh, as this is Richie Rich reads the news, uh, I don't have a lot to say until we start reading the show, uh, the the show prep articles, and then we'll see where things take us. So let's jump right into the first one here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Headline: uh, Kansas cops wage war on motorists using pretextual traffic stops, says the judge. A cop pulls you over for a minor traffic violation. After giving you a warning or a ticket, he says, drive safe, and starts walking away. But he immediately turns around and walks towards your car again, saying, hey, can I ask you something? That maneuver, known as the Kansas two-step, is aimed at evading the Fourth Amendment's constraints on searches and seizures. Police are not supposed to continue detaining you after the ostensible purpose of the stop has been accomplished unless they reasonably suspect you are involved in criminal activity. The two-step is designed to extend the encounter by making it notionally voluntary, giving the officer a chance to elicit incriminating information, ask for permission to search your car, and or walk a drug-sniffing dog around the vehicle. That trick, which Kansas Highway Patrol troopers commonly use, based on the training that is recommended, is undeniably convenient for cops who hope to find contraband or seize cash or seizable cash. According to a federal judge in Kansas, it is also unconstitutional. <clears throat> troopers occupy a position of power and authority during a traffic stop. U.S. District Catherine uh, Rotel observes in a decision published on Friday. And when a trooper quickly reapproaches a driver after a traffic stop and continues to ask questions, the authority that the trooper wields, combined with the fact that most motorists do not know that they are free to leave, and KHP troopers deliberately decline to tell them that they are free to leave, 
communicates a strong message that the driver is not free to leave. KHP troopers often reinforce that message by standing so close to a car, sometimes touching it or placing their arm inside, that driving off is not a realistic option. In such circumstances, Vratel says, the theory that a driver who remains on the scene gives knowing and voluntary consent to further questioning is nothing but a convenient fiction. It's in the circumstances present in the case, troopers unlawfully detain drivers without reasonable suspicion for further questioning. The case, Shaw v. Jones, involves several drivers rep, rec, uh, represented by the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, of Kansas, who objected to stops that they argued were illegally extended after they had received warnings or citations. In addition to agreeing with the plaintiffs on that point, Vratel found that KHP troopers improperly considered drivers' destinations or starting points as a significant reason to detain or search them. Her strongly worded rebuke pulls back the veil on pretextual traffic stops, which police routinely use to harass, detain, and search innocent motorists in the name of enforcing drug prohibition. This is a huge win for our clients and for anyone who else travels on Kansas highways, said Sharon Brett, legal director of the ACLU of Kansas. Today's decision validates that motorists' constitutional rights cannot be cast aside under the guise of a war on drugs. It also demonstrates that courts will not tolerate the cowboy mentality of policing that subjects our citizens to conditions of humiliation, degradation, and in some tragic cases, violence. The KHP has waged war on motorists, especially out-of-state residents, traveling between Colorado and Missouri on Federal Highway I-70 in Kansas. Fratell, a George H.W. Bush appointee, writes, As wars go, this is one of relative easy. It's simple and cheap, and for motorists, it's not a fair fight. The war is basically a question of numbers. Stop enough cars, and you're bound to discover drugs. And what's the harm if a few constitutional rights are trampled along the way? Kansas, like other states, enforce myriads of rules regarding the maintenance and operation of motor vehicles. Police, therefore, can always find an excuse to stop a car they deem suspicious. Kansas has hundreds or thousands of traffic laws on the books, Vertel observes. These traffic laws give KHP troopers innumerable reasons to stop motorists for violations which may involve public safety, but the stops are actually intended to investigate drug crimes for which they have little or no evidence. Vertel underlines how vulnerable all drivers are to protectual traffic stops, which the U.S. Supreme Court blessed in the 1996 case, Wren v. United States, by quoting University of Pittsburgh law professor David Harris. In addition to moving violations such as speeding, failing to properly signal a lane change, and driving in the left lane except when passing other cars, Harris noted in a 1997 Law Review article, traffic codes regulate many other aspects of driving-related activity, including some that seem almost wildly hyper-technical. Some of those offenses, equipment violations, equipment violations, excuse me, such as a broken taillight, worn tires, windshield cracks, and excessively tinted windows have nothing to do with driving at all, Harris wrote. He added that traffic codes also include catch-all provisions, rules that allow police to stop drivers for conduct that complies with all the rules on the book, but the officer considers imprudent or unreasonable under the circumstances, or that describes the offense in language so broad as to make a violation virtually coextensive with the officer's unreviewable personal judgment. 
Because of all this regulation, Harris noted in another law review article, even the most cautious driver would find it virtually impossible to drive for even a short distance without violating some traffic law. A police officer willing to follow any driver for a few blocks would therefore always have probable cause to make a stop. How do police, off, how do police officers exercise this vast discretion? In Kansas, Vratil found they use it to stop and detain drivers they seem suspicious for absurd reasons. Interstate 70 connects Colorado and Missouri, where marijuana is legal, through Kansas, where it is not. As KHP Trooper sees it, traveling that stretch of highway with out-of-state plates is inherently suspicious. Now that both states have legalized recreational marijuana, Vertil notes, any traveler on I-70 between Colorado and Missouri, that is anywhere on I-70 in Kansas, traveling in either direction, is by definition traveling both to and from a drug source state. And it doesn't stop there. According to KHP Troopers, all major cities are also drug sources. As a result, all drivers on I-70 have moving targets on their backs. That observation is supported by data on KHP traffic stops. From January 2018 to November 2020, Vratil wrote, uh, KHP Troopers stopped 70% more out-of-state drivers than would be expected if KHP Troopers stopped in-state and out-of-state drivers at the same rate. The 70% discrepancy represents roughly 50,000 traffic stops. This disparity is statistically significant, with a roughly 1% likelihood that these results would arise under any circumstances with no actual disparity in in stop rates. For this disparity to be explained by out-of-state drivers being more likely to speed, roughly 88% of -of out-of-state drivers would have to speed at places and times where only 29% of in-state drivers speed. No evidence supports the existence of such disparity in driving habits. In the 2016 case of Vasquez versus Lewis, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit, which includes Kansas, ruled that the KHP trooper had uh, impermissibly relied on driver's status as a resident of Colorado to justify a search of his car. The fact that a driver is traveling from a drug source city or a drug source state, it noted, quoting an earlier case, does little to add to the overall calculus of suspicion and is so broad as to be indicative of almost nothing. Based on the training received by KHP troopers and the details of the traffic stops experienced by the plaintiffs, Vratil concluded that KHP has flouted Vasquez by placing undue weight on this omnipresent factor informing suspicions that troopers wrongly deemed reasonable. In some of those stops, she notes, troopers relied on an absurd and tenuous combination of factors such as driving on Interstate 70, driving a rental car, driving a car with out-of-state plates, seeming nervous while interacting with law enforcement, going on a trip with one's nephew, having fingerprints on the trunk lid, and having a bag in the passenger seat. In one case, a trooper deemed it extremely suspicious that a woman with an autoimmune disorder chose to drive instead of fly during the COVID-19 pandemic. He also thought it was suspicious that she was driving a Mercedes she had rented, although she explained that she had requested a less expensive car, but it was not available. Vratil notes that an expensive rental car is not even remotely suspicious. The idea that a drug trafficker is especially likely to drive an unusually expensive and more noticeable rental vehicle is untested and illogical, she says. In fact, another trooper testified that drivers who engaged in criminal activity are more likely to drive less expensive vehicles. 
In several cases, troopers who suspected drivers for such tenuous reasons used drug-detecting dogs to justify fruitless vehicle searches. The Supreme Court has approved of this use of such dogs during routine traffic stops, provided it does not unreasonably prolong the driver's detention. And the court has said an alert by a properly trained dog is, to, is enough to provide probable cause for a search, notwithstanding substantial evidence that such alerts are often erroneous, imagined, invented, or triggered by the handler's subconscious cues. <clears throat> Vertil mentioned some of the problems while using dogs to justify vehicle searches. The record contains no evidence about the training, accuracy, or track record of any canine involved in this case or whether that training complied with established industry standards of dog training and utilization, she notes. A dog's alert or indication only establishes probable cause if the dog is reliable. And since troopers discovered no contraband in any canine sniff in this case, the reliability of these particular canines is open to question. Assuming a dog was properly trained, how do we know it's actually alerted to the car? A trooper testified that an alert is untrained behavior that a dog displays when he is smelling a trained odor. But the handler is typically the only one who would notice the alerting behavior for Till writes. In other words, an alert may not be apparent from objectively observable facts. The KHP asked the court to rely on Ipse Dixit of the handler, whose credentials and expertise are themselves unaddressed by the evidence and cross its fingers that the handler did not cue the alleged alerting behavior. When a purported alert results in a search that does not discover contraband, police dog handlers typically argue that does not necessarily mean the dog made a mistake. Perhaps it was reacting to an odor left by a previous driver of the car. But that excuse casts further doubts on the assumption that an alert provides probable cause to believe that drugs are currently present in a vehicle. The record contains little information about whether and to what extent canines alerts or indicate to drug odors which are remote in time, Fertil writes. Such information is critical in this case because all plaintiffs were driving rental cars, cars which belonged to other people or secondhand vehicles which they recently purchased. One trooper, Vratil notes, explained that canines are trained to alert on drug odors, not drugs. And a drug can alert to a very minimal residue odor of marijuana, even where no drugs are present. The odor could have been there at one time, for example. Somebody could have drug odor on their hands and touched a door handle. Therefore, when Nico, one of the dogs, reacted as he did in one of the traffic stops, it only meant that there was drug odor present at one time. On these facts, canine behavior contributes little to nothing in the reasonable suspicion calculus. Although Vertil does not draw a connection, that observation casts serious doubt on the Supreme Court's conclusion that a dog's alert indicates a fair probability that a car contains illegal drugs. Based on the KHP's account of what an alert actually signifies, that assumption seems unjustified. Even when a dog is properly trained, actually reacts to a car, and is not responding to the handler's cues. For the plaintiffs in Shaw versus Jones, this confluence of factors, broad police power to stop cars, the fiction that interrogation during those stops is consensual, frivolous rationales for reasonable suspicion, and excessive faith in canine narcs, turned alleged traffic violations that could have been addressed in 10 minutes or so into ordeals lasting 40 minutes or more. 
Those encounters included unjustified grilling, baseless accusations of wrongdoing, and humiliating searches that turned up nothing incriminating. They left, a, they left a lasting impression on the plaintiffs, who report that they are now wary of the police, highly anxious about being pulled over, and decline to report crimes or otherwise seek police assistance. Because the KHP does not collect the relevant data, it is not clear how often this sort of things happen. But Vertil questions the cost-effectiveness of KHP tactics that can so easily victimize innocent people. From 2016 to 2021, she notes, the KHP conducted between uh, 124,387 and 211,531 traffic stops per year and only recovered contraband in 0.16% to 0.28% of them. Further, the KHP presented no evidence on the volume of innocent people who had been subjected to pretextual traffic stops or unlawful searches, or the percentage of traffic stops that were too pretextual to warrant a traffic warning, let alone a traffic citation. <clears throat> Vertil has not yet issued an injunction based on her findings, but she outlines a proposed order that would, among other things, require better and more extensive documentation of KHP traffic stops, Supervisor's approval for purportedly consensual searches, explicit notice to drivers that they have a right to refuse or revoke permission for a search, consent form signed by the trooper and the driver, and a similar procedure when a trooper seeks to re-engage with a driver or occupant of the vehicle after a stop has concluded. The abuses documented in this case are by no means limited to the Kansas Highway Patrol. Based on the leeway that the Supreme Court has given them, Police officers across the country routinely use alleged traffic violations as an excuse to conduct criminal investigations that otherwise would not be permitted. Assuming that the court is not prepared to revisit the precedents that created the situation, the best remedy may be public education about Fourth Amendment rights and the importance of asserting them even when it is psychologically difficult. Pretextual policing only works if the drivers are ignorant of their rights or fail to assert them for till roads. KHP training material acknowledges that pretextual policing strategies depend on ignorant, timid drivers and joke that more informed and assertive drivers might identify themselves with bumper stickers that say, warning, occupant knows their Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, end of the article. All right. What is there to say about this, really? Except, so, number one, surprising that a judge, a member of the state, would recognize this and try to do something about it and... Um, kind of gives me a little personal pause because I'm unlicensed, as it were. Like, I, I haven't had their permission to be on the road since, oh, 2012, 2014. I forget when I, I think it, I think they suspended it in 2012 for not paying tickets or whatever. And then it finally expired in 2014, uh, and unable to renew for not paying their silly little tickets unrelated to my driving ability, right? Like the, 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 the stuff I didn't pay for was, you know, registration and safety inspection and all their, you know, BS and nonsense. Um, they go like, Nope, you're not allowed to renew because you won't, you won't get the little stickers and pieces of paper from us. Um, even though I'm a better driver than most. And I know we looked up the statistic at one point and you know, like, 80, 84% or something like that, uh, accidents on the road are caused by licensed drivers, right? Like unlicensed drivers are a very small percentage of, you know, bad driving out there. And I go like, well, I'm, a, I'm a better driver than most. 
right? Like if, if you need to get from point A to point B safely, um, even in inclement weather and poor conditions, uh, if the car can do it, uh, I can do it, is my general philosophy on that, right? And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I can usually safely get from point A to point B, even without their little piece of plastic and permission strip. Um, but I'm keenly aware, especially since moving to New Hampshire, uh, where the penalty is a, is much greater than it was in Hawaii for driving without a license, uh, that time may be borrowed in that respect, uh, and eventually I'll get caught for something like this, right? The the tail light being out or the headlight being out, and you know, rather than getting a warning like a normal driver, I get hauled off to jail just because I didn't have that little piece of plastic on me. Uh, but it may, you know, it gives one pause because, and because I, I am generally safer on the road than most. Um, like I, and because I don't have the license, I'm generally more keen to the, the rules of the road, right? Like I don't drive as fast as I used to, uh, because getting a speeding ticket is much more than a fine for me at this point. Right, getting a speeding ticket now is losing the rest of my day or days uh, whilst being arrested, uh, you know, processed or whatever, and hauled off to jail, only to be bailed out later. Um, so it's the the cost benefit changes. Now, is it worth it to go get the license and not and avoid that altogether? No, because fuck those guys. I don't want to pay them. I don't want their permission. Um, but for most people, yes, it would absolutely be worth it to just maintain that little piece of plastic. So you don't have to worry about what I worry about when on the road. But again, it, it makes me generally safer, right? Like going with the flow of traffic when I'm, when I'm the lead pack, I'm typically holding up traffic uh, here in New Hampshire because I'm not going that much faster than the speed limit, right? Like if I, if I were the second or third car in the pack, um, we're all going at least 10 over, uh, but because, you know, because I'm the one without the license, uh, if I'm in the lead pack, then it's closer to five over, maybe a little less, and it makes everything more inefficient. Uh, and I still blame those motherfuckers uh, for not giving me, you know, the per- the permission slip to drive, right? And again, and again, none of the tickets were like my capability on the road. It was just, screw you guys, I'm not doing your paperwork. Uh, and screw you guys, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just going to do it. Uh, and so people go like, well, you can't drive. I go, watch me, right? I'll just, I just drive. I'd, all I said was, is I don't have a license. I still drive from here to there and to and from work and back and, you know, all that good stuff. I just don't have the permission slip. Uh, and I've only been caught twice, both times in Hawaii, only convicted once. So that's, you know, it's the, the cost benefit for me is I've been, you know, I've paid like a $100 fine over the course of 10 years, uh, as opposed to all of those, you know, registrations and safety inspections and all that other stuff, right? Like all, all of those fines went unpaid and screw them. They can send it to collections and I don't care. Um, but my, my cost to drive as far as payments to the state is $10 a year over the last decade or so. So I think I'm coming out ahead financially on that one. Um, if slash when I eventually get busted here, We'll have to review that and see because, again, it's going to be, you know, greater here. But if they weren't allowed, right, they admitted it in this thing that no one can get away 
uh, if you're targeted. So all they have to do is target me for any, any number of things, right? And bef even before I lost the, the permission slip, even before I stopped applying for the driver's license, right? I was, I was stopped and arrested and hauled away. And when, you know, whilst sitting in the back of the car, police car, the cop was like flipping through his book for a reason to keep me detained and keep me arrested. And I casually said to him whilst he was reading his book, uh, what's the matter? You can't find anything to charge me with. And his response while flipping through the book was, don't worry, I'll find something, right? Like they know, I know, they know, I know that they know, right? That this was bullshit to begin with, that they really had nothing, that they were searching for something bec because they had already arrested me and had me in the back of the police car with nothing to go on. Uh, that one turned it out. Wasted a Sunday, you know, I, I, I got, uh, I was released on my own, uh, like I was arrested really early Sunday morning, like four o'clock in the morning coming home from a friend's house after, you know, hanging out at night, but not drunk because I don't do any of that, not stoned because I don't do any of that, just, you know, just nonsense. The, I think the original thing was I made a U-turn, um, the same place that I always make a U-turn, and the only thing that indicates that you can't make a U-turn there was there's a sign that says no U-turn when coned because during the morning rush hour, they cone off that area and you can't make a U-turn there in the morning on weekdays, right? And this was 4 a.m. on a Sunday and there were no cones, right? So when they said like, you know, when they were like, well, what's, you made an illegal U-turn. I said, look at the sign, dumbass, right? When coned, it's right there on the sign. Do you see any fucking cones around here? You know, so I did, I did not feel bad about talking shit to the officers either. Uh, but they wasted a Sunday, and finally I ended up going back to court or going to court uh, for it, and the prosecutors had dropped everything. Like there was zero charges on that, and I didn't pursue it. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm lazy uh, when it comes to filing lawsuits and all that nonsense, especially against the state. Uh, so I let it go. I was like, okay, let me get my paperwork. I'm out of here, and you know that that interaction cost me a Sunday, but again, because because they had nothing, stopped me anyway, and it wasn't even a traffic stop. Like by the time they got to me, I was already parked my car at the house uh, in bed, right? And then they came knocking at the door to tell me that I had made an illegal U-turn, you know, 15 minutes ago or what, what, however long it's been, maybe 10, five, 10 minutes or whatever. But you get the idea. Uh, but yeah, so the, this, it happens everywhere, and at some point, it, it, it'll either happen to you or to someone you know. And if you know me, then it's already happened. But they have these uh, catch-alls, you know, whatever they want. They'll stop you for anything, as noted in the article, and cite you for whatever if they can. And whether or not it sticks doesn't matter. They've already wasted, you know, 10 minutes, 40 minutes of your time, time to go to court, time off from work, all of that, um, because they wield the power and no one's willing to fight back. So surprising, surprising that a judge pointed it out. Uh, we'll, we'll see if anything changes. Unlikely that it will. Uh, maybe in Kansas because the ACLU is involved. Oh, and I even reached out to the ACLU of Hawaii for some of this nonsense and got no response from them. So I'm not even, you know, I'm not even a big fan of that organization in general anymore. 
considering that they, they cherry pick whom they help, um, even though there was a clear violation um, in many of my cases. Uh, but yeah, so keep it up, do what you do, put that little bumper sticker on your car, warning occupant knows their Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, I try to avoid stuff like that because I'm also much like the drug dealers, right? I'm trying to remain incognito as best I can, uh, aside from my bright yellow don't tread on me Montana license plate, uh, because I get the permanent registration by going through a Montana trust or LLC or whatever, whatever works for you. Um, but that's it. And I think here there's enough of us doing the Montana thing where that's the sign, right? Like... Unless it's unless there's an egregious violation and public harm, right? You ought not mess with Montana drivers in New Hampshire uh, because we will come out uh, as a group to you know to the hearings, to the arraignments, to all of that, right? And it's and and use our knowledge of our rights at every stage, and we we are not the low hanging fruit, right? Go go bother someone else. You know, find a minority, go bother them because they probably don't know their rights, right? They take the low-hanging fruit and leave us Montana drivers alone. Moving on. All right, this one's a fun one. I may not agree with everything written in this article, um, but it's still a fun, it's a fun headline. um, And so we're going to do it today. Top 10 signs you might be an obedience idiot. An obedience idiot is someone who believes authority figures and is easily brainwashed, gaslit by corporate media to believe a vast array of false things. In fact, the mind of an obedience idiot is filled with almost entirely with lies, having no anchor to truth or reality whatsoever. Almost everyone you know is an obedience idiot. The endless merciless pounding of psychological operations fear campaigns and crisis governance has turned the vast majority of people into mindless compliance robots who go along with whatever absurd demand being placed on them by rogue governments such as all pregnant women must receive covid vaccines or all school children need to wear masks and be isolated from each other frighteningly obedience idiots rarely realize they're obedience idiots That's because the rational part of their mind has been either bypassed or nullified through careful fear engineering by the regimes in power. That's why the following list might be helpful for certain people to self-diagnose their obedience idiocy if they dare. So the top 10 signs you might be an obedience idiot. Number one, you immediately take every vaccine shot pushed by the pharma-funded corporate media and authoritarian government because you naively believe they want what's best for you. You require no evidence of safety or efficacy, and you don't read vaccine insert sheets. You take the shot solely because you are obedient. Um, And I'll interject real quick. That vaccine insert sheet, uh, if you recall, during the COVID ones, right, one of those inserts was blank. It was just an unfolded blank piece of paper with nothing on it, because they had no information at the time, but they're required to put this info sheet in there, right? The insert in there. And so it was just a blank sheet of paper, right? You knew nothing 
because they knew nothing and whatever they knew, they were keeping from you. Number two, uh, you keep all your assets in fiat currency and U.S. dollars because you think alternative assets, gold, silver, crypto, are untrustworthy even while your U.S. dollars are losing nearly 2% per month in purchasing power. You will hold on to dollars until the very end when they become worthless thanks to money printing devaluation and hyperinflation. Uh, number three, this might be one that I you know, generally disagree with because it turns it into a, a right-leaning conservative article as opposed to just straight-up dumbassery. Uh, you hate Donald J. Trump because your emotional state is easily manipulated by the corporate media, which has conspired with the lying deep state to try to destroy Trump for years. Your emotions are fully controlled by the CIA-run corporate media, and you've been programmed like a Pavlovian dog to in invoke hatred at the sign of Trump, at the sight of Trump. So uh, my hatred for Donald Trump uh, is not because of the corporate media. Uh, it's because he's a politician, right? Like... That's enough for me. You're a member of the government. Generally, I hate you, right? You may be a good person uh, without putting on that corporate veil or that, uh, that government veil, um, but you still do the state's work, so fuck you and fuck off. Uh, number four, you use Google as your search engine, and you believe all the globalist-funded fact-checkers on Facebook and YouTube. You believe authoritative sources, even though they routinely and maliciously lie. And you despise the alternative media that tells the truth. You are programmed, in other words, to automatically believe official lies while rejecting obvious truth. Uh, and for this one, I will say that I occasionally use Google. Um, I've got my defaults to uh, start page. And on my mobile device, it, it defaults to the, uh, you know, I use the Brave browser. So it defaults to the Brave search. Um, and, man, how to, how to put this delicately, delicately. Sometimes those other search engines don't use the algorithm that suits me best. Like, I know I've seen something before. Uh, I know, I, you know, if I Google it, the answer will be right at my fingertips. Um, but I try these other search engines first, and what I'm immediately looking for is not available. And so I will continue to use them for this reason, uh, you know, just to get away from the, the Google domineering of, the, of search and news. Uh, and at the same time, they're not ready for prime time just yet. And I know that seems like heresy uh, and whatever, but generally... For the vast majority of normal, average, everyday things you're going to search for, uh, Google still seems to do a better job of finding what I want as opposed to Start Page or DuckDuckGo or whatever whatever the Brave browser uses. Like, I don't know why they can't catch up or why Google is still better. Eh, maybe Google's better just because they've been doing it longer. That's their primary business for ad serves. But yeah, so okay, you know, if I can't if I can't find it on page one or two of Brave or Start Page, um, I'll usually run the exact same phraseology through Google, uh, and it's you know close to the top of the results that I was expecting for for normal things, for average things, right? If I'm if I'm trying to find you know deep state actors, which I'm rarely googling, 
right? Like I, I have the RSS feeds for all the news, news and show prep that I do. So I'm rarely going down rabbit holes and trying to find these things, but maybe those other search engines are better for that. I don't want to give Google too much props, uh, but for, for the vast majority of things that need to be searched uh, on an average everyday basis, they still seem to be the best search engine for me. Uh, and your anger and hatred and feedback is welcome, right? If there's a better one than DuckDuckGo, Page, and Brave, you know, that's not associated with Google, I'll take it. Uh, I don't care too much for Bing, right? That's, a, that's another one. That's, that's just Microsoft, right? You're switching from Google to Microsoft, and I don't think that that's a big enough jump to, to gen, you know, generally switch there. But that's just me. I'll, I'll take feedback on what's better. Uh, but it's got to it's got to be not those three, right? Not Start Page, not Brave, uh, not DuckDuckGo, and still be better than Google. And if you if you have one for me, let me know. I will use that by default instead, and we'll see how many times I have to run the search back through Google anyway. Number five, you've been brainwashed into thinking carbon dioxide, uh, the molecule molecule responsible for photosynthesis. photosynthesis and literally all plant life on Earth is a danger to the planet. And you're opposed to a warm, wet, lush, green planet because you believe a cold, dead, lifeless planet with no CO2 in the atmosphere would somehow be better. Uh, you argue for the total destruction of Earth's atmosphere while somehow thinking you are saving the planet. Uh, we covered that one enough, so I don't have to comment on that. This is like MC's pet issue right there. like The, the global warming bullshit and nonsense. Uh, so if you, if you want to hear his slash our take on that, listen to just about any other episode where we talk about it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship with the plants, right? We breathe out CO2 and, and create CO2 emissions, and that gives them life, and they produce oxygen for us to breathe, right? So the, if, if there is too much CO2, the obvious answer is to grow more plants, right? Let them absorb it and create more oxygen for us uh, rather than going more industrial and tearing down the plants and, you know, putting up uh, parks and roads and, you know, all that other nonsense. Not necessarily roads, but like I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of like the median between the roads, right? There used to be trees in the middle of Main Street, right? Creating shade on either side, for people to go like you drive down and it's a it's a tunnel of trees providing oxygen for all in the area and absorbing all those co2 emissions from the cars right and then converting it and then they took all that away and now there's nothing in the median it's just lanes of traffic and concrete right which does nothing so if you want if you want to save the planet right get plant more trees in those urban areas and city centers right where where the emissions are the most right that should be where there are the most trees and figure that one out on your own number six you celebrate the surveillance state because i don't have anything to hide and you gladly install amazon spy devices in your home that listen on every conversation and control your life you think government surveillance of private citizens is necessary for public safety, and you gladly give up your piracy, privacy excuse me, in exchange for the illusion of security. You probably don't mind being microchipped. So this is an, another one that I will partially disagree with, only because 
Um, I've got Amazon spy devices everywhere. And the justification I have for that is I carry a cell phone and I don't do anything to lock down the cell phone, right? At, at this point, uh, it is prohibitive to operate in the modern world without one, even though it's possible. Like I don't, I don't do much on my cell phone that I couldn't do on a normal PC or any other device. Um, but it's the convenience factor of the cell phone. So, and some, you know, I, I mentioned this on free talk live and someone else called into like a beer talk live or a later free talk live episode to like chastise me and tell me how easy it is to lock down a phone. Um, and sure, if you want, if you want to go through those steps, right, then don't have Amazon devices in your home. Don't have Google devices in your home. Don't have any, uh, any conveniences of modern technology in your home that relates to, you know, smart home or, or technology or whatever. Um, and that's fine. Right. But I'm not, I'm not carrying around like a Faraday bag to put my phone in when I'm going from here to there. Right. You can't physically, there's no physical switch to turn off the microphone. So unless you disable it completely, which destroys the purpose, uh, you know, destroys the purpose of having a phone, right? There's no way for you to really know whether or not your phone is actively listening to you at any given time, right? There's, there's just no way. Uh, and until that physical switch is there and, and you are the one creating and you can have the physical switch, uh, and unless you, you know, unless your phone is air gapped, right? No data plan whatsoever, no connection to the internet whatsoever. Again, which defeats the purpose of having a smartphone, right? Then you can assume that number one, it can listen at any time, right? That it knows your location at all times, uh, and if you turn off, you know, if you turn off the GPS tracking, right? It still logs it, right, and uploads it when it gets an internet signal, right? This. This was, you know, this is, this is not even new news. This is old news, right? You know, the, the Google Maps or Google tracking or whatever maps, Apple Maps or whatever, right, that's tracking where you are, um, it continuously records the data and phones home, right? And so even if you turn it off, it'll record it while it's off and then upload it later, right? So you're traveling out and about, <coughs> You have to throw your phone into a Faraday bag so it never knows where you are. Um, and then at some point, you pull it out, right? And it knows, you know, like an hour ago, you were at point A. It doesn't know what happened in between, but now it knows you're at point B, right? So it's still, anytime your phone is like in use as a phone, they're getting some data. And there's no way around this except not having the device. So the only shit I want to hear about me having Amazon devices uh, are people with dumb phones or no phones, right? And no internet connection devices, you know, no portable internet devices at all. Because if you're doing that, it's the primary way for them to track you at all times, right? Like even, even if, you know, they were tracking me through my Alexa devices in my home, when I get home, my phone is nearby anyway. Right. Again, it doesn't go into the Faraday bag. It doesn't get powered down and turned off and the battery removed. You know, n none of that happens. Right. It's just, it's there. It's probably closer to me at all times than any of the other devices. Um, and so I choose the convenience 
of the Alexa devices, knowing that if they were going to spy on me, they already can longer and in more locations simply because I have a smartphone. And I'm not, and again, you know, oh, it's so easy. It takes like a few hours worth of work to make your phone, you know, not do all that. Well, good, right? Then, then you have at it and you don't have any of those devices and that's fine with me, right? You've done it. Most people won't, which also means, mind you, you can't go around anybody else that does, right? Like if you, if you went through all this work to lock down your phone so it can't track you at all, right? Then you cannot be around anybody else that also hasn't done that. Because if your voice is being picked up on their phone, you're still, uh, you're still open to being tracked, right? So it's, it's a whole lot of nothing just for, you know, people to, to flex on their uh, operational security, their other privacy OPSEC uh, than it is anything else. And if that's what, if, if you want to flex on privacy OPSEC, uh, and that's your thing. Uh, you win. I concede. Um, but when I put my food in the microwave and I, I tell the device to heat it up for 90 seconds, man, that feels good. And it's, it's so disappointing now when I have to like go push buttons. It's like, what? I, I was walking away. I put my, I was walking to task number two and, and giving the, you know, the device instructions. And now I have to go back and do it manually. What a mess that is. So, yeah, it's not that I don't have anything to hide. Um, it's that I assume that they have everything they're ever going to need anyway and already have the means to do it. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to give up my convenience on the false notion uh, that, they're, that, that giving that up is going to help in some way. <clears throat> Number seven. You have no idea that Joe Biden received $20 million in bribes from foreign entities because you only watch CIA-controlled corporate media and they aren't reporting the Biden on the Biden crime cartel bribery scandal. You also think that cocaine in the White House somehow had nothing to do with Hunter Biden. Uh, that one was partially covered here, right? Of course it was Hunter Biden's cocaine. Uh, and I don't watch, I, I basically don't watch any corporate media. I, I don't. I don't watch TV news. I don't even, I don't watch news at all. I, I find uh, articles for show prep by going through a lot of headlines throughout the week from any number of mainstream and other sources. Um, and I try, you know, and I don't read them all. Like if the headline catches my eye, right, then, you know, then we'll, we'll have a look at the article like this one, right? Love the headline. 10 signs you might be an obedience idiot. Like, oh, we have to do that one, right? But I've never heard, I've never heard of discernreport.com before, so this is a new source for me. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see if it ever comes up again. But there's generally a handful of sites that I get uh, news, news from um, that I can trust, uh, and, and rarely is it ever the, the, corporate, the corporate media. Uh, number eight. You are dumb enough to literally believe that a man can become a woman. And you think that men can get pregnant. You also think that a child can consent to have their genitals mutilated and sliced off in order to achieve gender affirmation status. 
You think the government is the appropriate place to promote the LGBT cult, a kind of twisted religion, and even though you despise Christianity and would never want government to promote the Bible or wave Bible flags all over the place, but LGBT pedophile flags are perfectly okay with you because you think grooming children is inclusive. Beyond merely being an obedience idiot, if you worship the LGBT agenda, you are actually a member of a dangerous cult. Uh, I, I, you know, without putting words into his mouth, I think MC is more concerned with this than I am. Um, and I think part of it for me is I don't care. And I, th- I think that the people against this are mostly virtue signaling. They're, it's conservative virtue signaling in my mind. Like they don't, they really don't care about the mental health of you know the trans community as it were and they don't care about the kids right they care they care about their image of being caring about the kids but they don't actually care they don't do they don't do anything else to help the children right they're 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 not uh they're not kidnapping them you know out of this cult of this dangerous cult of whatever in order to protect them, they're not taking them away from the families. They're not taking them away from the LGBT community, right? If it, it should be a fucking rescue mission, if you cared that much, it should be a rescue mission, and it should be a rescue mission where you take full responsibility of your actions through some sort of court, legal arbitration service, or whatever to say, like, no, this had to be done against this community for the benefit of the children, right? And if you're wrong, right, then you go to jail for being a kidnapper, right? But but no one wants to take the responsibility of actually doing that, right? They just want the virtue signal that, oh, look how bad it is over there, right? And having, you know, at least one uh, you know, trans friend. Um, my ex-girlfriend in high school had a trans friend before that, before that became a thing and he she whatever right was cool aside from the fact that she was trans right and i don't even mean like that made her uncool uh it's just that there was there was nothing else to it right he dressed like a chick wore makeup like a chick did all the things chicks do and that was it there was there did not seem to be an agenda there um and you know co-host now in prison uh free talk live aria right is trans and i don't think i've ever experienced any grooming type behavior from her right even even the drag queen story hour that was supposed to go off at pork fash fork fest uh was wasn't uh you know wasn't a planned event in advance uh it was a reactionary event to keep some other asshole away from the venue, right? Like if, if you're going to threaten to assault people who do this, well, then we're going to do it and we'll see if you come and assault us, right? Now we have to do it uh, just because you're being a dick um, was my general feeling towards that. And I don't even know if the event went off. As far as I know, that didn't actually happen or something came up and changed the plans or whatever. So the, my, my, my personal general feeling is I don't care enough about their community. I don't care enough about the normal people's community to do anything to interfere with what they're doing, 
right? I'm not, I'm not going to stop Christian homeschoolers, and I'm not going to stop Amish people from drinking raw milk, and I'm not going to stop the trans community or the LGBT whatever community from doing what they're doing until they decide that the government is the best way uh, to prevent me from doing what I'm doing, and then they're an enemy. But until then, just shut the fuck up, you virtue signaling, you know, conservative idiot. Uh, number nine. You refuse to see the evil in anyone other than Donald Trump supporters or Christians and think and you think that good intentions from those in power will always produce positive results even if it means denying people freedom and liberty. You think nearly all criminals should be released onto the streets to be given yet another chance and you refuse to hold anyone accountable for their criminal behavior. You naively believe that the Biden regime wants to help the American people rather than destroy America and you are convinced that Big Pharma's vaccines are expressions of love and healing rather than actual depopulation bioweapons they truly are. Uh, so another one where it seems too right conservative, right? Because... You know, they, they get the second part right. Um, but Donald Trump supporters uh, are still evil people, right? So are Biden supporters. Donald Trump, evil. Biden, evil. Their supporters, right in line with that, right? Unless you're pushing actual freedom, actual liberty, uh, then you don't, get, you don't get to raise the flag of being a good person. Uh, Christians depends, right? Like I have uh, a handful of quote-unquote religious or Christian people still in my life, uh, and until they use the government to foist their opinions on me, um, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with them. I don't have a problem with their beliefs. If they need it, fantastic that they have it. If it helps them get through the day, more power to them. I don't. I don't try to talk them out of it. They don't try to talk me into it, um, and we're able to get along just fine, right? So I don't you know, I don't, I don't, and I, but I also don't think that the political Christians should be using their political power and influence uh, to force those belief structures on me or the general population, right? That's, that's where I draw the line, and I draw the line not because they are Christians, but because they're using political violence, and that's, that's where the line should be drawn, right? If you're going to, if you're, if you're going to use the power of the state, to force your beliefs on me, it's not your beliefs I object to, it's your use of force that I object to. Um, and again, no, you know, the, the, the big pharma vaccines, uh, dep depopulation bioweapons they truly are, Kamala Harris said it. It was a Freudian slip, a faux pas, but it was the truth. And now they have to backtrack it, walk it back, uh, forget what the term is from the 1984 book, Right, but it's newspeak now. They're rewriting history uh, because she said, you know, to control the population or reduce the population. Right, that that's on record. There's video of her saying we need to reduce the population, uh, and it's my belief that that is her true belief. Right, that that's what she meant to say in her mind, um, even though they tried to walk it back and say she, oh, she really meant pollution. No, she meant depopulation. She meant reduce the population. Uh, number 10, you support the tyrannical dictatorship of Ukraine while believing you are defending freedom, even though Ukraine's corrupt government has outlawed all opposition media and opposing political parties, creating a one-party dictatorial state. 
You think sending more guns to Ukraine and defending Ukraine borders is awesome, but you think Americans should have no guns and no border protection. That's because you are a compliant idiot who can hold two opposing thoughts in your head at the same time and somehow believe both of them are true. Uh, cognitive dissonance right there. And so, yeah, I generally agree with this last one. Uh, my boss uh, for my regular job is one of these, you know, Ukraine. He believes that if you don't defend Ukraine, the Russians are going to invade the United States, like the physical United States. Like that's, they're going to march across Europe after defeating Ukraine uh, as they amass uh, more, more land and more resources and more military supplies that they're going to march across Europe cross the Atlantic Ocean, and then invade the, uh, the eastern ports of the United States. Like, that is a real fear that he has, and that we must stop them in the Ukraine before that happens. Ironically, at one point, I, I found an article, I couldn't find it now if I wanted to, I mean, I probably could on Google, uh, about, you know, all the, all the puppet regimes that the United States has listed as uh, set up over the years in various countries, uh, across the globe, right? Uh, Ukraine was on the list, and if you look at older, if you look at pre-invasion articles, if you fi- if you can find pre-invasion news reports about Ukraine, right? They're like the most tyrannical, corrupt regime. You know, this side, you know, this side west of the Mississippi, uh, you know, and only when Russians invaded, right? Then this 1980s. Uh, mentality of we're still at war with Russia pops up and then we have to come to Ukraine's aid. But they were filled with Nazis. Uh, they were they were corrupt. You know, they were the, you know, the, like one of the worst regimes possible. Uh, but then we got our little puppet Zelensky in there. Um, and no, everything's good now. Got to protect, got to protect them from the Russians, the, the big bad Russians. But that, you know, the, the, the dichotomy uh, with the news articles, like what changed? What really changed? Uh, and the answer is really nothing, uh, because despite what you you know, di- despite where you fall on the whole invasion, uh, you know, aggressive war with Russia, uh, you know, position, right? The Russians had said we're 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 trying to uh, we're trying to get rid of the Nazis in Ukraine, right? As as one of many reasons for the invasion, but the Ukraine's having Nazis there uh, was was a reason from Russia, uh, supported by evidence, right? The, the, uh, the, as uh, was the Asov battalion, Asov battalion or whatever, you know, whatever that thing is called, right? The, the, the Nazi insignia, the Nazi regalia, you know, all these Nazi things, right? The going on in the Ukraine, uh, that no one cared about, right? And then you come here back to the United States and anyone on the right, right? Is a Nazi, Right. Oh, look at all these Nazis are, you know, these Nazis at the protest, uh, Nazis, they'll go ahead and punch a Nazi, right? Unless it's a Ukrainian Nazi. Then, then again, it's, well, they need our help. Send them guns, send those Nazis weapons of war, send those Nazis, uh, tanks and fighter jets and what, and what have you, those Nazis are to be supported. Right. But, but the, the Nazis at home, right. Uh, punch, punch a Nazi whenever you see one. Right, and and those people are the ones holding two uh, opposing thoughts in their heads at the same time, and somehow believing both are true. Right, the, their Nazis good, our Nazis bad. Right, the the whole time, even though 
right? Like five years ago, their Nazis were also bad. Nothing really has changed. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, we, we need to support their Nazis. <clears throat> all right, back to the article. Don't be an obedience idiot. Public schools and universities breed obedience idiots. If you have children or grandchildren, don't allow them to be brainwashed in government schools. School them locally or privately instead. Get your news and information outside the controlled corporate media. Otherwise, you will never know the truth about anything. Check out censored.news or the libertydaily.com. I don't know anything about those sources, so be wary if you will. Uh, always be suspicious of the new thing that suddenly trends across social media involving millions of people changing their social media icon to something like the Ukrainian flag or the LGBT flag or vaccine shots, etc. Every new thing that sweeps across the mindless masses is almost by definition another psyop for obedient idiots. I'll stand by that one. Uh, If you find yourself agreeing with your family members and friends who you've known to be obedience idiots, check yourself. Have you been suckered into mindless compliance on some issue? Jolt yourself awake from the hypnosis and reassert critical thinking. This will break the spell and restore your rationality. Uh, Nearly everything that mainstream media tells you is an engineered lie. This is why Fox News had to fire Tucker Carlson because he was uttering too much truth for the Fox globalist to stomach. Uh, Tucker is going to launch his own media empire, so he gets the last laugh. Eh, We'll see on that one. Right? Uh, You know, if... I still think that Tucker Carlson is generally controlled opposition in some form or fashion. He's just uh, the most digestible form of it. Um, there are people that like the new short form format where it's just, you know, his monologue on Twitter or whatever Twitter is called now. I haven't seen any of them, um, but he's still, I still think he is one of their guys. Uh, get your video content from alt video platforms like Bredion or Rumble.com instead of YouTube. On YouTube and other mainstream platforms, the truth is algorithmically throttled. Uh, Yep, or uh, Odyssey is where Free Talk Live keeps a lot of their content now as well. So add that one to your list. Similarly, get your social media fix on alternative social media sites like Brighty on Social or Truth Social. No, just get off of those sites completely. If you have to, find a Mastodon server uh, and and you know get one of the, get on one of the federated sites so that you always control it or run your own server. But you know any any mainstream social media site is going to be terrible. We also have a website dedicated to the news about human stupidity. It's called stupid.news and it is aptly named. Keep reading natural news. Oh, there you go. Keep reading naturalnews.com and sign up for free email. So natural news uh, is a is a source that I generally avoid um, because they're alternative propaganda as well. It's probably the easiest way I can say it. Like, I don't, I don't trust their headlines. I don't trust their sources. I don't trust their articles. Uh, but they are provocative in nature. So if, you like the, if you're able to discern truth from fiction, um, go ahead and read some natural news. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that be my sole source of information. And if this site discern report is affiliated with natural news, uh, then I would avoid any factual articles like this one is commentary and I enjoy the commentary. Um, but I would avoid any factual articles where they're making certain claims, uh, and stating facts in opposition to the mainstream media. Uh, because just because you're doing the opposite of what the mainstream media does, doesn't also mean you're right, right? There, there are other options and other things that, other factors to consider 
than just we're we're the opposite of the mainstream media. All right. Uh, that's the end of the article. That's the end of the show. So that'll do it for me. Thank you very much for listening. You know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.